Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Kira Johnson is a middle-aged divorcee who's moved into her mother's Brooklyn apartment while looking for work and trying to get back on her feet. When her elderly mother dies, Kira is left without any support, both emotional and financial. She finds herself with few options, none of them good. Despite a blossoming affair with a sympathetic neighbor, played by Kiefer Sutherland, uh, who also struggles to make ends meet in today's economy, Kira can't accept her once tidy life is falling apart. She resorts to increasingly desperate measures to hold on to, to what little she has left. We're joined today by the director of this terrific uh, film called Where is Kira? And that would be Andrew Dosumu. Andrew, welcome to Film School. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is just a remarkably well-done, dramatic film with terrific acting um, and all kinds of different elements that bring this film together in, a, in an emotional and resonating way. Uh, tell me where you came into the uh, to this uh, project. Well, I guess uh, it all started really uh, <clears throat> after my last film, Mother of George, I really wanted to do something. I live in New York and really wanted to talk about more, create more New York stories, really. And um, uh, especially living in this city, uh, the unemployment, and, and we've all seen what happened around the country in the last couple of years, people losing their jobs and... Um, you know, you work in the same place for the last 30 years, and all of a sudden, you know, it's time to go. And I wonder what what happens when you're in such a situation. Um, uh, you see all these homeless people around, and I oh, question myself, like, what was their life like before? They mm. probably had a job, um, was doing well, and lost their job, and so something happened. So really, that was the genesis of it, really. Um, that, with a combination of... Uh, how the elderly are very, very invisible in this city. Um, we don't seem to kind of, we don't seem to kind of um, be involved with them. Uh, we're always sort of walking around them. We don't want to stay behind them in the queue. Mm-hmm. Um, we tend to think they slow things down. So the fact that we're we're not in connection or we're, with the elderly is really kind of was something I began to observe and. A combination of those things really well. Well, I do know that, I mean, from you'd work with Darcy Pico from, on The Mother of George. She Did she come to you with the project? Is it something that uh, she had, uh, that she felt that it was a strong, a strong piece and she wanted to bring it to your attention? How did the collaboration with Darcy happen on this? No, actually, uh, after Mother of George, um, uh, I mean, we were friends, and after Mother of George, I actually suggested, I think, went to her and said, let's let's work on something else and we weren't sure what to work on and then this idea of this sort of story came to mind and I spoke to Darcy about it and um, yeah, we started working on it like that, collaboration on it. Yeah, and and this is something that rarely gets talked about. It is, again, as the beauty of cinema is to, is to shine a light on things that we don't, we may be kind of aware of and we end in the back of our minds or we all are getting older. We understand. We've seen. We've looked into the eyes of older people, and on one level, it's hard to believe that you'll ever be that old. On the other hand, you know it's inevitable, 
And so there's that sort of dramatic tension in our own lives, I think. If people are paying attention at all, they know that. Um, but also the statistics... Yeah, and the statistics bear it out that, in fact, people who get to over 50, particularly women, it's almost... It's, it's just very, very difficult to find uh, viable employment. Um, is that... Then I, I assume that that's part of what one of the things that attracted Ab- to you. Yeah, absolutely. Again, going back to the elderly, I mean, the more you get old in the city, it's almost yeah. like you know, it's, it's, a, it's a youthful, vibrant city. So um, yeah. the fact that we just don't even stop for a second, and you know, you go in on the subway, or you see the elderly walking up the steps, and you know, you you walk around them. They, they, the lack of interaction with the elderly was something again I noticed and. And uh, being a woman in this city, I mean, being a woman, I mean, statistically, I think I read, or Darcy read in New York Times one time that um, the people that find it difficult the most, actually, to find jobs were women over 50 because you don't um, want to be employed in the bar as a bartender. They think you're too old. Um, no one wants to employ you as to walk in a pizza parlor. So it's those things, and um, and for me, it's always that fear. I guess I'm, not, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a freelancer. It's always that fear of when is the next job? You know, yeah. um, this is something that could happen to anyone. Uh, and with Kira, it's almost like a reverse of fortune, really. You know, there's, there was a woman that was married once and had a job and younger, um, had all these things going for her, and then everything changed, and our life is and. Um, where do we see Kira in 10 years, you know? Yeah. She might be one of those people we see on the streets and never knew what happened to her, what was her life, life like before. Yeah. So well, this was the sort of conversation for me as a filmmaker that I really wanted to deal with, and, and um, it's that conversation to create. Right, and that's one of the beautiful things about your film, Where Is Kira? Where is Kira? It is that they're... The, we the backstory, and you're absolutely right. We may think we live a secure life when most of us in America are fortunate enough to, for many of us, I should say, have something that we consider to be a secure life. But it doesn't take much. You're right, a failed marriage, and and a, and a dying parent, and all of a sudden, as is in the case with Kira in this film, all of a sudden the world looks like a much more foreboding place, and. Uh, one of the strengths of this film is the ability with the look of it and the feel and the pace and there's there's so many things so many elements in in the film that give us this sense of foreboding that give us the drama and also give us a lot of information one of, one of my favorite things in film is to see a director and a cinematographer convey information without the spoken word and this film does that beautifully in this film. Um, and so I want to, I'm going to jump right to sort of the technical side of the film because as your background as a photographer, I see a lot of these sort of elements that you don't usually see in film and it really is an attractive part of the film. You were working with uh, Bradford Young in on the film as a, your director for photography. Tell me a little bit about that relationship that you have with him. Um. Yes, um, I've, worked, I've known Bradford for for quite a while now, and this is our third film together. Um, and it's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it's like we're both, we're all in 
sound just bad, really, you know, and, you know, it's just, it's the drummer and the bass player or something, so you kind of in sync, and we are in sync. Um, I truly believe that cinema is a visual language, first and foremost, and I try to convey everything I can with images, unless, and words only come in if I cannot express it with images. So for me, it's a, it's a, it's a crucial thing. Um, how do we tell stories visually? How do we convey those things? How we, how we talk about, you know, through light and, and be, I want to be able to use all the tools of filmmaking from production design to sound to costume, um, to actually, to make each department just as items in every film. Um, that for me is very important. And my relationship with Bradford is, it's, it's, again, it's this thing we've known each other for years, and we have similar reference points, which helps a lot. Um, we see the same things, you know. We we we're from a different side, but the same things. We can relate to that. We can reference. The same. I can talk to him about um, the writings of Wallace Shoinka, and he gets what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I can talk to him about, uh, you know, the. The hot heat of the desert, of the of the, of the delta, and he gets it. So it's really, really important um, um, to have that collaboration and someone that can help you, um, yeah. you know, help you even develop what you have in mind. And, and I think that 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 relationship is this thing that is this thing we've built over 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 years. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. I. I. Uh, some of the things that just again in watching the film, you do some amazing things in the in terms of like I said, conveying information. There's a scene fairly early in the film um, where where the character of Kira is giving her mom a bath, and that the, the camera's far enough away so it it almost appears like a split screen, but it you can see into the bathroom and you can see other parts of the apartment, and, and it, that that was a fantastic sort of. Um, way of conveying the vulnerability and the fragility of life as well as the character of Akira and the way that they interact just this wonderful beautiful scene is it's um, it's just terrific but also you frame these characters in ways you don't generally see in film and there's a lot of uh, times where they're at the edge of the of the frame which which to me is this sort of you know this sort of we're at the margins. These people are at the margins, and you convey that visually in in the film, which I thought was just really, really well done. And I think this. I mean, again, I'm 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 extrapolating here, but with your photographic background as a, as a photographer, um, how was, was that? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it was intentional. But what were you? What is? What are the elements that you were trying to introduce to us as a as a as a film lover in that in those things? Is that, yes, am I am I, I on the right? Go ahead. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think with the film framing and the film um, 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 uh, uh, colors and templates, I think it was very important. For example, we, you know how, how the film should look. You know, we are talking about a woman that's really um, the the our home is our safety because outside is quite threatening to her. She can't get a job. Yeah. Um, she's unemployed. Everywhere she goes, she's um, turned down. And being at home is almost like a safest place. And the fact that this, you know, the, the darkness of the film is how the, the, the light of our life is disappearing. Yeah. You know, the happiness is sort of drifting away. Um, so we really wanted to do that, play with that with colors. 
and with the framing as well, it's sort of like being on the margin, absolutely. Um, and just for us as, as an audience to actually really concentrate, because what happens with most films is that it's overlaid. It's, uh, 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 the camera is it's really about that person in the screen, and we really wanted you to get to, we wanted the audience to know about the world, the world she lives in, what's our world like, I live in Rome, I, uh, uh, always, and and really fit us into that world. And I think that's very important. And I think that's why most of our framings, like, she's there, but everything else is there. She's in her bedroom smoking a cigarette or her living room, and you you, you, you see what she's looking at at the same time. You know, mm. she's, thinking, she's thinking, what am I going to do with all of these things, you know, that my mother has accumulated, and how do you get the audience to really be in her head? What's what we're trying to do, rather than watching the character, they're actually in that character yeah. and experiencing what that character is doing. Yeah, yeah, it's true. In in the filming, uh, by the way, we're speaking with Andrew Dosumo, the uh, director of the film. Where is Kira? And the the, the idea of uh, conveying that it, again, I come back to this. I sort of my mantra today is to talk about how because there isn't a lot of dialogue in the film. There isn't. There is. There is. There is enough exposition and and and, and an understanding of the characters. But but um, this idea is, and it's such a great cinematic um, tool is to use shadow and darkness and 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 in the contrast. To to uh, to do this, and there are so many instances of this film, and very few times do we actually see Michelle Pfeiffer, who plays Kira in the film, do we actually see her her face full? I mean, it, it and and again, it it's it's part of the telling of the story. It's not a device just in and of itself. It's about her and where she's at physically, mentally, emotionally, and um, yeah. I, I don't even have I had a question for you. I just want. No, no, no absolutely. You're totally on point. I mean, I think it's really about where she's at. Um, again, you know, the bleakness of the film, the, the the isolation she is feeling, um, the fear she gets anytime she steps out of her apartment building, yeah. um, knowing that there's rejection and the desperation as well. What drives one to become what she without giving the film away? Right. What drives one to become what she did? Or what makes one, what makes her do what she did? You know, yeah. doing that and um, and I back to the wall. And I really wanted to really for us, the audience, to really feel that frustration that you know this can happen to anyone. This can this is what happens when your back is against the wall. You become something else. You need to survive. Yeah. And she had to do this because it's our only means of survival. Um, and I really. Um, so was that for me was very crucial, and the notion of the the the, 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 the a we have a character that everyone knows, or we have an actress that everyone knows, which is Michelle Pfeiffer. And yeah. I think once you've seen her, um, I didn't want it to to be about her anymore, like physically. I really wanted to be about her mentally. Yeah. Um, so sometimes you know it's her, but it's not really like she's fully lit and you've seen her eyeballs or her lips or anything. Just know it's her, you see her shadows, you, you, experience, you get to experience what she's going through yes, again yes. Um, without really studying what she looks like, which ends up happening in most things when you have um, 
well-known actors is that your your audience get more concerned about that. I think for me, I really wanted to bring her into my world rather than go into that world or the the the, the Michelle Pfeiffer's world. It's really about bringing her into the world of the character rather than about about her as a star. Right. And she pulled that up brilliantly. She, um, she did. She was phenomenal. Really, she did. It, and I think this is a, such a smart thing uh, as a filmmaker to do. You've got Michelle Pfeiffer and Kiefer Sutherland, so you know you've got their people's attention. And they bring to watching these performances what they know of her from her previous work. So that's fine. You don't have to overplay any of that. You know what you have in this known commodity. And people like... I mean, it's there's a lot of things that come along with it. So by under playing that you then give her an opportunity to really perform and really really inhabit that character which you've given her in a manner of speaking uh that gift of okay you don't have to be michelle pfeiffer i'm giving you this opportunity and and she took it and ran with it but you give her an opportunity to really play like inhabit that character so i i think that's just a s- smart filmmaking as far as i i can tell but um and both, I do want to talk, I know very, we're running out of time here, so I really quickly uh, want to acknowledge not only, uh, in addition to what we talked about with Michelle, I, I found her fragility, her vulnerability, all of these things she did a wonderful job of conveying. And and often don't see Kiefer Sutherland in feature films any longer. And while I'm not, I was never a big fan of 24, I thought it was a little bit too much for my taste. He is terrific in this film, and he's really solid from the get-go in the in the film. The way they meet and and her his his kind of ragged support for her in terms of how they're both under a lot of duress. And I thought they both played this just exceptionally well. Tell me a little bit about the performance of Keith Kiefer Sutherland in this. Yes, I think Kiefer as well. It's like again, it's it's like uh, it's like this well-known star, and we all have this image of him. And I really wanted to work with non-actors that way. <clears throat> I really wanted the audience to commit to, to connect with the, with the actors. So especially working with non-actors and not working with someone like Kifa, everyone knows him. And But how do you work with Kifa and not be uh, the action star or the TV star, what we know him as? Right. And I think in this, in, in this film, what I try to do is really like um, him being subtle, you know, and 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 the empathy he he, he has for for her. I think that's very important. It's really about subtlety. It's really about you know um, a way we've never really seen him before. Because again, it's always this action star. It's always the dominant uh, 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 character in most things or the most featured one. So hey, hey it's this drifter that it's trying to survive himself and, and the subtlety of that, of, of his scenes, uh, his performance where with art was what was able to, um, we were able to achieve brilliantly. And I think, yeah, I think he felt was different, you know, he, yeah. I know I haven't seen him like that in most films. Yeah, yeah he, he, was, he was terrific. And I'm not giving anything away, but for people who see Where Is Kira, there's this near, there's this, pivotal scene at the end of the film and what he would in i can't i don't I'm want to give it away but what he does <laughs> just before someone arrives in the apartment uh with her i thought conveyed so much of that 
just in their relationship and their characters and it was just a it's a wonderful touch in the film to to see that sort of uh part of their uh, you know what happened and what happens to them and uh um my congratulations to you Andrew this is really a, just such Thank a wonderful film i know it did well at sundance the acclaim has been very very high with it uh we didn't have time to get into the soundscape which i thought you did a wonderful job with the sound design on this and just two so many things about the film to recommend that uh uh people when it is uh it's going to be coming out uh here in los angeles so look for it where is kira and um my goodness thank you i'm really honored to have you on the program today thank you andrew for for being on film school thank you very much You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.